Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I'm so happy that you're here. I want to invite you, grab your Bibles today and meet me in the book of Acts, chapter 16. And I believe that because of the special assignment that God has for you to fulfill, in other words, you're not just here on the earth to consume oxygen, consume food, eat, live, sleep, and then die, but rather you have a purpose that you're here to glorify the Lord, and through a unique assignment, through a unique God-given dream, you will make your mark, and you will be a blessing to many people. So my friends, in order to do that, we need to understand the difference between what we would call general faith, specific faith, and even the gift of faith. Praise God. So let's go to Acts chapter 16. Let's drop down to verse 23, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word, that your Holy Spirit would come with quickening power, illuminating the scriptures, making them alive and very real to us for daily application. Now, Father, we thank you for helping us to accomplish all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, we all agree and say, Amen. Verse 23, and when they had laid many stripes on them, that would be Paul and Silas, they threw them in the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. And he had every intention to do that because, you know, if you, if you messed up on that and prisoners escaped, it was your life for their life. Now, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, because that's what most would do, of course, drew his sword and was about to kill himself, but Paul, See, Paul and Silas had set the atmosphere in the prison. That's why nobody's running away. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. He called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? In other words, saved from my sins, saved from my lost condition of being separated from the holy God that you are obviously connected to, and you've obviously got a really good thing going on with. And he, see, he realized he was a sinner, and he basically said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now watch this, verse 31. So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. He didn't, you know, go into a two-hour theological treatise on you know, the justification by faith and all of that, and all of that's beautiful. But he basically just said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you, and you will be saved, you and your household. This, my friends, is general faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I believe when Paul and Silas went to his house and got bandaged up and got some good treatment and also got a nice meal, it says, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Praise God. So he went a little bit further once he got to the house with the teaching, basically said, hey, you know, let me explain it to you in a little more detail. And let me talk to you about baptism, what that means and so forth. And so he gave them a fuller meal. But in essence, in essence, General faith is this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 10, as we continue very briefly, just to cover general faith, because general faith will get you into heaven. That's the most important thing. Praise God. The most important thing that you could ever get right in your life, even if you messed up, had failures in many areas of your life, the most important thing that you can get right is to have your life right with God where you're saved, your sins are washed away, 
and you're on your way to heaven. It's the greatest choice, the most important decision that any person could ever make. Now, Romans chapter 10, let's go to verse 9. Well, verse 8, so that we have a little more understanding. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. In other words, Paul preached what is known as the word of faith, not a word of unbelief, not a word of doubt or uncertainty or, you know, we just, we're just struggling, hoping to get through. No, it's a word of faith. That's what they taught. That's what they preached. And here it is, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Woo, praise God. That's it right there. And if you do that, you'll be saved. Again, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised you from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm glad that the Apostle Paul and also the teachings of the Lord and the teachings of the other epistles, they all harmonize. And that salvation is something that can happen very, very quickly. And you don't have to work your way through an entire cyclopedia. You don't have to quote a book. You don't even have to quote a chapter. It just basically says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus saved me. Wow. Praise God. And if that's all the time that you had and you really meant it from your heart and the next moment you know your life is ended, but you had three seconds and you cried out to God with all of your heart, God saved me. I tell you what, he'll, he'll save you just like he did the thief on the cross. Praise the Lord. But I'm talking to people today that many, of course, that I know that as you're watching, you already have made that decision. You've already given your life to Christ and you belong to him and you're good to go on that aspect. You have used general faith for general salvation. Praise God. And it's, it is very easy. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise the Lord. You don't have to, you know, take a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, climb up, you know, uh, you know, the Mount of Olives on your knuckles and on your, on your stomach. And then when you get to the top, do a hundred pushups and then crawl from there across the Kidron Valley over to the garden tomb. And then, you know, make some kind of confession. Then it's all said and done. Then you're good to go. No, you'd have to do stuff like that. Basically, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's general faith. Again, general faith will get you to heaven. But after you have used general faith, after you've got your ticket punched, after you're good to go, then what do you do when you still realize you're going to be on the planet for quite some time? Well, my friends, now it's time to begin to move from general faith where you basically say, Lord, I believe in you. Lord, you're my savior. I trust in you. Jesus, I believe you're on the third day and so forth. Now you're in a place where you want to start possessing the promises of God. You want to step into the inheritance that Christ purchased for you at Calvary, and you want to make it your own, not just in name or not just in principle, but you want to make it reality where it's working in your life. Not something that's on paper that sounds good, but rather something that is working and producing in your life. And in order to do that, that does not work with general faith. That works with specific faith. Praise God. Specific faith is a necessary requirement for you to have in order to fulfill your God-given assignment. That special dream that God has for you, it responds to specific faith. Let's take a look at it today in the book of Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, and let's find verse 13. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark 
and cover it inside and outside with pitch, pitch being a type of tar. And this is how you shall make it. And then he goes into the great detail. But notice, my friends, right here is the assignment of a vision from God, the assignment of a dream, the assignment of something that God gives to a man, to an individual. And he's given different assignments to men and women throughout biblical history. And he's got an assignment for you. But when he gives that assignment, he needs you to attach special faith on to that assignment so that you will get it done. Now, I don't think that you would find this surprising, although it is in many ways, uh, it's, I, I wouldn't say sad, but I would just say it's not the way that God wants it to be. You will find that most Christians that belong to the Lord are not exercising any type of specific faith for anything. Now, I'm not saying that they don't want God to do things in their life. They want certain things in their life. They, they hope that God does certain things in their life. But if you actually were to talk with them about them using faith specifically to bring that promise to pass, they don't even know what you're talking about. It's like presenting to them a wrench or a screwdriver and saying, hey, did you know that if you take these two tools that you could go throughout your house and you could fix various problems that, uh, I mean, you could, you could tighten things up that are loose and you could just take, the, these are tools that are designed to fix things. And there are people that do not understand that with faith, you can go into the promises of God, find the ones that pertain to your life, find the ones that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, specifically that unique dream that God has for your life, and you could attach specific faith onto that, go to work on that, and you can bring it into man manifestation. It is an amazing experience. But many believers, they are not exercising any type of specific faith for any type of dream or any type of specific project. They just hope something happens. But my friends, that can lead to great dis disillusionment and great disappointment. Now, let's take a look in the life of Mary. Let's go to the book of Luke chapter 1. Woo, praise the Lord. Luke chapter 1, the anointing is coming. The anointing is coming. Get ready. Praise God. Luke chapter 1. And look at verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who was to be born will, will be called the son of God. And basically Mary's like, okay, I can see that happening. I, I understand the Holy Spirit. I, I believe that the power of God can touch me. And so then we come down to verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, this is very important. Let it be to me according to your word. What word? The word of general faith? No. When Gabriel came to Mary with the word, he did not present the Bible to her. Now, we know that the New Testament at that time was not yet written. But he did not come to her with, with the Old Testament and say, now, Mary, here is the word of God, and I want you to believe all of it, and when you, when you believe all of it, God will do it. No, she basically said, I'm locking on to the word that you have given me. I believe it. What word was that? That you are going to have a miracle child. You don't know any man, but you're going to have a miracle child through the divine enabling and empowerment 
of the Holy Spirit. He's going to come over you, overshadow you. The miracle will happen. And with God, nothing is impossible. And she's like, okay, I believe that. I'm, I dial in on that. I take my faith and I focus my faith on that. On what? That specific word. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My friends, if you try to chase everything under the sun, you will run out of time. And you have to stay focused on that specific assignment, that divine dream that God has revealed to you. The thing that causes your creativity and your deepest joy to come alive when it's mentioned or when it's spoken of or when you begin to get on that subject, you just start coming alive. That, that's it. That's the God assignment. That's the God dream. The unusual dream assignment. Well, in order to see it come to pass, you are going to have to apply intentionally, on purpose, specific faith towards that word. What word, Pastor Stephen, the, the book of Matthew? No, that word from the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, maybe it was a word that came out of the book of Matthew, but you're going to have to really lock on to that word. Praise God. Now, focus is very very important. It's easy to lose focus and, and try to start tackling everything under the sun. Pastor Stephen, I want this. I want that. I want God to do this for me. I want God to do that for me. And you've got this whole armful of, of things. And, uh, you, you know, you just can't carry all of that. You can't carry all of that. I remember the time that Prophet Kenneth Hagin told the story uh, of when his wife, Aretha, came to him and said, and she said to her husband, she said, you know, I really think it would be nice if we had new drapes in our house. And he said, he said to his wife, he said, my faith is so focused on the God project that God has me assigned to. And I'm putting all of my effort onto that. He said, if I add one more thing to that. Even, even drapes for the house, which in a way is a small thing, right? But if I add that to what I'm already carrying, it's going to collapse the whole thing. So I've got to stay on this, and you use your faith for the drapes, which she did, and eventually, the, you know, the provision came in for the drapes, and they got drapes in the house. But he basically knew he had to stay on the project at that point in his life, in his ministry, that God had assigned him to. And because he did... His ministry was very fruitful, and the things that God caused, uh, God had called him to raise up, and God had assigned him to do, he was just checking them off one at a time, one at a time. And they were very, very large pro projects. But focus is very, very important. And the only reason that men and women don't succeed, really, when you look into it, is because of broken focus. Something else got in there. Maybe it was a good idea, but it wasn't a God idea. Something else got in there and diverted their focus, diverted their attention, and now they're trying to do all of this stuff, and they've lost, they've lost the main thing that God wants them to be focused on. Can you imagine Noah, God assigning him to build an ark, but suddenly he gets, he gets like uh, uh, a, a desire to be sidetracked to do something else. Uh, you know, I, you know, who knows? Maybe you got a magazine in the mail, one of those seed magazines that, you know, t teaches you how to plant tomatoes. And maybe he saw watermelons in there. And he told us, he told his boys, boys, you know what? We need a break from this ark. This is taking all of our attention. Let's go over here. Let's start. Let's start doing watermelons. I really want watermelons. Maybe we can sell them. Uh, and maybe we can use the proceeds to fund our work on the ark. And the next thing you know, he's selling watermelons out of the back of his pickup truck. And then he has a watermelon business. But no, he, thank God he didn't do that. You have to stay on assignment. It's very, very important. And look, if you want a watermelon, just go to the grocery store and buy one. They're only $5, $8 for a really good one. Don't, don't become the next watermelon farmer if God hasn't called you to do that. Just, just, you know, if you need to scratch that itch, just go buy the little thing and eat it. Then you're done with it. But stay on the assignment that God has for you to do. Woo, praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Pastor Stephen, I really think 
I really think that I'm supposed to be a major league baseball player. No, don't get off your task, off on another assignment or, or something that's, you know, it's out of your brain, okay? That's not what God wants you to do. If, if you need to go to a baseball game just to sit back and relax and watch them demonstrate how it's done, that's good. Go get it out of your system, go to the game, and then after the game, get back on the assignment that God has for you. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, even, even people in their lane, in their calling, in their gift, for whatever reason, sometimes they've been known to get off. Even Michael Jordan, at the height of his basketball success, for some reason, decided that he wanted to take up baseball, and he just didn't have it. Uh, they let him try out in some of these minor league teams. And, uh, but there's no way, there's no way that he had the skill sets to get into the major leagues. He just didn't have that. Now, you put him on the basketball court, he's not just good, he's the best. Some say the greatest ever. That's, that's debatable. But in his, in his area, he's, he was just unique. But you put him out on the baseball field, he's a dime a dozen. Okay, a little better than the average guy, but no way he could get into the professional league of the majors. So, my friends, you've got to stay on the dream, the assignment that God has given you. And, of course, not just to see it birthed, but once it's birthed, to oversee it and to bring it into the fullness of what God would have that be. Woo! Praise God. All right. So, general faith, which you need to get to heaven, but specific faith which you need to accomplish the unique dream that God has birthed in your heart. Praise God. Just keep working that specific faith, and you will pull it in. Now, God has ways that are beyond our ways. And let me say this. Anytime you have a God dream, you're going to need God's help. And we have to realize that God has power. We have to realize that there will be things in this walk that will be beyond us. That, that's okay. This is, the, this is the God factor where he will do what he is able to do. But we have general faith. We have specific faith. And thank God also we have what's known in the Bible as the gift of faith. Let's look at that today because this is something that I believe at times will come forth in your life. And will bring a fast moving forward of your dream. Let me say it like this. The gift of faith can expedite your dream being fulfilled. Instead of three years, it can be three months. Wow. Praise God. Instead of 12 years, it can be 12 months. Woo, praise the Lord. Watch what God can do. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and let's go to verse 1. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The gift of faith is going to operate in your life by the power and the moving of the Holy Spirit. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So one of the key things that Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so Paul's saying this, and I'm sure God is saying this, of course, he's writing through Paul, is that God doesn't want us to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Yet, in this very category, many of God's people are, but that will not be the case for you. You will be up and running with great knowledge of the spiritual gifts. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant Verse 7, but the manifestation or the coming forth of the Spirit, in other words, the moving of the Spirit, is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another, the working of miracles. Now, when you have the three power gifts, you have three power gifts, you have three vocal gifts, and you have three revelation gifts. But when you have the three power gifts, you're looking at faith, 
working of miracles, and also the gifts of healings. Out of those three, the most important one is the gift of faith. I believe it's best to identify it as the gift of special faith. Why? This is not general faith. This is not like I believe that in the beginning, God created the world, God created the heavens, God created the universe. Well, yes, that's general faith, but that's not what this is referring to. This is also, to a, to a degree, not even specific faith, although the manifestation of it is for what you're believing specifically God for. Wow. Now, it's different, but it's going to come on that specific faith that you're exercising. It's different than specific faith, but it's going to come up on that thing that you're believing God to do. And this is why potentially your dream could be fulfilled overnight through one manifestation of the spirit known as the gift of faith. Woo! Praise God. I tell you with God, all things are truly possible. Now, general faith can be increased by reading the Word of God and meditating on the Word of God. It's just like weightlifting. You start doing squats, and you do them consistently, eat a good diet, eat good food, high in protein, your legs are going to get stronger. You'll, you'll notice it in about two weeks. If you want to work out your back or your legs, start doing deadlifts, and your hamstrings, your legs, your back will start to get stronger. You, you'll notice it as you continue on a good strength training program, you, you can tell, hey, I'm getting stronger. That's because you are. You can tell it not only by how you feel and also not only by seeing uh, muscular growth, but you can also tell it because you're lifting weights that you could not lift before. Now, general faith can be increased by reading and meditating on the Word of God, just like strength training will develop you physically. And it will develop your muscles. In other words, you may be weak in faith, but as you get into the Word of God and you study the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God, it brings strength. I mean, it will put a backbone into a coward. It, it is that strong. Woo, it'll make you stand up and do the right thing when others are doing the wrong thing. It'll make you go this direction when everybody else is running in fear going that direction. It, it's powerful. What the Word of God will do when you get strong in the Word. Mm -mm. And I love it that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Woo, praise God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. That's what the Word will do, and getting strong in the Word will produce that in your life. Now, when we look at the gift of special faith, this is a gift that we can exercise by the Spirit of God, and although it is by the manifestation of the Spirit, there also is a development of learning to yield to the Holy Spirit so that He can manifest this gift. Now, it is as the Spirit desires, but I have found out that He's much more desirous than what people have ever realized. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. I think that one of the best explanations of the gift of special faith is this. When your faith, and I'm talking about your general faith, even your specific faith, when your specific faith even has taken you as far as it can go, and you realize God I've gone as far along this as I can, and I cannot go any further. Lord, I have built myself up. I've gotten strong in your word, and I'm believing for this. But you can come to a point where God, unless you do something, I, I, can't, I can't go any further. Okay, when you've gone as far as you can, that is when the gift of special faith breaks into your life and the Spirit of God surges through you and you realize now we can get this done. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The gift of special faith causes unusual, I would even call almost like a drunken 
type of boldness to come upon you. You know, when people in the natural, when they get drunk, they do crazy things. They think they can do things that they actually can't do. It's a deception. But in the spirit, in the word, in the spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it does bring a strength that is verified, verifiably backed up by God himself. Who praise the Lord. And when it's on you, you can do it. Hallelujah. Now, when the gift of faith comes on me, I'm praying for people in meetings. When it comes on me, real strong, real strong, and I know God's about to do a miracle, it actually makes me so brave that I actually stop just for a moment, and I actually tell people, come close, come close. If you want to see a miracle, get as close as you can. If you've never seen a miracle before and you want to, get right up front. Let, let the people that have never seen one get right up front. Who praise the Lord. Here's an example. One time I was ministering in India, and there was a certain minister that I, I'd never met him before, but he was ministering right before me. And he was doing some things where it was almost like in the natural he was fumbling and bumbling through it. And he was trying to talk about the Holy Spirit, but he was just kind of like fumbling his way through it. And I, I, I don't know. It just seemed like uh, it was, uh, it seemed like it was almost like in a way confusing the people. And it, it was very, very interesting. I, I don't know what he, he was really trying to preach or teach, but it just didn't, he never got it across and he didn't demonstrate anything. And I felt that the more that he was kind of like fumbling through this message, I felt the Holy Spirit rise up in me because I knew that I was going to speak next. I felt the Holy Spirit rising up in me with the gift of faith to demonstrate a miracle right in front of the people because he had just kind of like fumbled and uh, it's almost like he was carrying a football like in like in a sporting event like in football. He was trying to carry the ball and he fumbled it and then the, the other team recovered it and ran against him and scored a touchdown. I, I felt like he was trying to carry a message and he never got it across and fumbled it and, and everybody was confused. So when he finished, the host said, now, uh, Stephen, now it's your time to minister and you can just go ahead and minister and whatever the Lord would have you minister on. And I stood right up and I said, who needs a miracle? I didn't waste any time. I said, who needs a miracle? And there was a young man that had, uh, let me think just for a moment. It was a lady. It was a young lady. She had cyst bulges all over her arm, not just one or two, but her arm was covered with them. And you could, uh, it looked like a rubber ball rubber balls all over her arm and you could push them and they were very naughty and of course very grotesque looking I said I just said before the people I said now if you've never seen a miracle watch very carefully because God's going to do a miracle and they're all going to disappear right in front of your eyes and they're never going to come back well you know uh, all eyes were watching and the cameras were watching and it was it was recorded it was on camera and I said in the name of Jesus I command every single one of these tumors and cysts to leave and when I said that instantly they just they just were gone and they, they were gone where did they go Pastor Stephen well probably back to the devil's kingdom from where they came but they were gone and the young lady was weeping she was crying it, it was just a miracle of God and well, Pastor Stephen, how would you get so bold like that? I mean, like, what if, what if nothing happened when you are in that zone, you are flooded with faith and doubt and unbelief. They're just, they're afraid even really to get around you. Now your brain still works. Your brain does work and your intellect works, but your spirit is so dominant and the Holy Spirit is so dominant in your spirit that your mind doesn't even question it. Your mind just kind of like goes along for the ride of what God is doing through your spirit. Praise God. So that happened right before the people, and it was a beautiful miracle. I've had other times where I've told people, again, when that anointing, a special faith has come on me, that I'll stop, and I'll just say, come get real close, get up real close, get your phones out if you want to video this, whatever you want to do. And watch because God's going to do a miracle. And I've never had one time ever when I've prayed for somebody under that anointing when God did not do the miracle. Praise the Lord. So this is why the gift of special faith is very important. Because you cannot get into the gift of working of miracles without 
special faith. And also with the gifts of healings, you cannot flow in that arena, especially strongly without the gift of special faith being upon your life. So we need to understand special faith and we need to open our hearts to receive this gift because God's going to use it to fast track many of you into the manifestation of the dream promise that he has given you. Now, yes, you still need to exercise specific faith. And hold on to prom promises from God's word that feed your faith according to that promise. But what's going to happen is that the faith of God is going to come upon your faith. And that's really what it is. It's God's faith coming upon your faith. Hallelujah. And you'll need it. You'll need it in certain areas. Especially, again, in the area of working of miracles. Because when you see somebody that needs something that is way beyond medical science, Way beyond even human help, you realize only God can do this miracle. And at the end of your faith, then God's faith will come on top of that and it will be accomplished. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now, here's something fascinating about the gift of special faith it actually can be sustained. It's remarkable when you think about it. I believe that when God gave Noah that word, build me an ark, I believe that word flooded him with faith because anytime God's word comes to you, it just causes faith to explode in your heart. But to sustain it for the decades that it took him and his sons to build that ark, that is a special gift of faith resting on him so that he can carry out that project to completion. It's supernatural. I believe the same thing with Elijah. God told him to go to the brook Cherith and just stay there and hide. And God said, I'm going to feed you and I'm going to send the ravens to take care of you. And they came every morning and they came in the afternoon. They came twice a day. You know what? If you did not have that gift of faith that was riding on you, being sustained in your life, you know what? You may sit there by the riverbank or it wasn't really a river. It was a, a, a creek. And he would sit there and maybe he would think things like, you know, where are these birds coming from? Is it the same bird every time? What if the birds run out of food? Where are they getting this food from? What if where they're getting it from? What if they run out of food? And, he could, you know, in the natural, you could begin to have all of these thoughts. But the thing is, if you are sensitive and observant spiritually, you will notice there's an anointing resting on you. It may not be real strong as the, init as the initial touch but it's God's faith resting on you and you just like you realize don't question it don't ask just keep going just keep going and enjoy it and when you do that you will be just fine and that's what Elijah did praise God so it can actually rest on you it can be sustaining on you Woo! praise the Lord the the widow woman who ran out of oil and food well you know the prophet Elijah came with the word of the Lord, which would bring a word of supernatural sustaining. And she believed that word and she and her son and the man of God were supernaturally sustained. But they never said, hey, I wonder how that oil keeps coming out of that jar. Hmm. Maybe we should examine that. No, they didn't. They just they're just like. We don't know and we don't want to know and we have no we have no desire to look into it. We just believe it. What's going on? Special faith is resting on them. Woo, praise the Lord. Now after that is concluded, after the ark project is built, after the oil has served its purpose and there's no more famine and food food is plentiful, then you're okay. Then that gift can begin to lift. But while you're in that zone, Look for it because God will begin to touch you with the gift of special faith. Here's, here's how you'll know. You'll actually believe in your heart that God's going to do it. And others may think, hey, that's crazy. You're never going to build an ark. That's impossible. It's never even rained before. But somehow in your heart, because you have a word from the Lord, a true word from God, and that special faith is resting on you, you actually believe that's going to happen. Woo, praise the Lord. And you can't really explain it, but you just know it. You know it in your heart. And my friends, that is a part of this beautiful gift working in your life. Now, out of the power gifts, special faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles, the greatest of these is the gift of special faith.
I think this is very fascinating. Let me share this. Bishop Bill Hammond from Florida has said that he believes that we're that we're going to get to a place in the church where the gift of special faith manifests just as easily as the gift of prophecy. And we're going to get to the gift of working miracles just as easily as the gift of prophecy is now just prevalent in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. I mean, I mean, I met a couple of Baptist guys prophesying to each other the other day. And they, they look, it's already been established in the body of Christ. It's not going to change. Prophecy is valid and relevant and is flowing in the body of Christ today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is very, very important. Let's go back a few decades. Let's go back to the 50s. That wasn't that long ago. But back in the 1950s, the church, pretty much the Pentecostal church, thought that the only way any of the gifts of the Spirit manifest is if there's like some sudden explosive move of God and you get hit so strong by the power of God that you're overwhelmed by the Spirit of God and you just begin to prophesy. Well, that would certainly be the case when you would have those mighty visitations. But what about when you don't have those mighty visitations? Well, it used to be thought that nobody can prophesy unless you got hit by the power of God like that. But that's not true. You can actually stir up that anointing to prophesy. And I can go into any meeting. And I can stir myself up. I can get prayed up. And I can prophesy over anybody in the meeting. I may not be able to go deep over every single person and start revealing secret details about every person's life. But there will be a few. There will be a few that I can, I can go deep on. And I, but I, I, I do know this, though. I can still at least give everybody in there a word of prophecy. It may be more of a simple prophecy, which would be described as, what Paul said basic prophecy is, which is for edification, to build them up, exhortation, to encourage them, and comfort. I can always give a word of basic prophecy. I can prophesy to anybody. I can stir that up. You could call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I may have to wake up. I may have to get a cup of coffee. But if you need a prophecy, give me a little time to kind of start stirring it up. I can, I can stir up to get the prophecy uh, any day. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, what about working of miracles. Bishop Hammond believes that we will come to a place where just as we have learned to stir up the gift of prophecy and the spirit of prophecy, we'll be able to do the same thing with special faith and the same thing with working of miracles. And I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe it 100%. And I believe God is going to do it in order to expedite the vision, the dream that he has called you to fulfill. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, speaking of uh, Bishop Bill Hammond, who is a true prophet, I think he's prophesied personally, one-on-one, -on -one, to over 50,000 people. And uh, my spiritual father, I was at his church, uh, Dr. Gary Greenwell, I was at his church uh, a few months back, and we had we had dinner with Bishop Hammond. Now, let me tell you what happened at, at dinner. He had just ministered that night. He was very tired ministering. So afterwards, we still go out to dinner because, you know, he's learned to just push himself. And in ministry, I know how it is. You can minister, but then afterwards, people still, they want, they want to see you. And then the, the host wants to take you out to eat. So you just go. And so he had just flown in from Seoul, Korea. And so he ministered. He was very tired. And after the service, we go out to eat. And by the time we sat down to eat, it's already 10 o'clock at night. And he's tired. So we had a nice meal. And, you know, we fed him really good. And he had dessert. And for dessert, he had an ice cream float, uh, which is a soda with a couple scoops of ice cream. Uh, three scoops, to be correct. So three scoops of ice cream in the soda. And he drinks it all down, eats it all down. He's happy. And I said, I said, Bishop, did you enjoy that? He said, yes. I said, would you like another one? 
He said yes. <laughs> so we ordered him another one. <laughs> so he's on his second round of an uh, ice cream float, you know, soda, uh, three more scoops of ice cream, and he's, he's physically wiped out. And Kelly says, um, Bishop Hammond, uh, would you prophesy over our, our children? And then we have, we have three children. The oldest is Matthew, Jennifer, and Abigail. And he goes, okay. Now watch this. He doesn't say, oh, I'm tired. Well, we already know he's tired. Everybody at the table knows he's tired. But he doesn't say, I'm tired. I, I, I'm too fatigued. He doesn't say, well, I'm jet lagged, although he was. He doesn't say, I've had too much to eat. I really need, you know, I, I've just had a big meal. I can't prophesy right now. He doesn't do that. He just says, okay, you know, turn on your recorder, you know, which means pull out your, pull out your smartphones. And so he says, now, uh, who's, your, who's your oldest one? We say, Matthew. He says, okay. And doesn't ask for anything else. No more details. Just, you know, just how old he is in his name. And he says, okay, Matthew, this word is for you. And he goes into a prophecy over our oldest son that was so, that was so tailor-made for his life. It was a prophetic word loaded with words of knowledge that was so supernatural that, you know, you would thought he sat down with Matthew and interviewed him for two hours, but he didn't had no clue who he was or anything like that. Have you ever seen those stupid horoscopes in the newspaper? There are these very, real bland horoscope, you know, like cheap, cheap prophecy imitations where some witch or somebody like that, they're writing these horoscopes. This is what will happen to you today. We're going to have a good day today. Oh, watch out today. Today could be dangerous. Don't drive over, you know, you know, just crazy stuff like that. In other words, it's their horoscopes that could apply to anybody. You could make that fit for anybody. Well, Bishop Hammond gave a word for Matthew that was so supernaturally incredible that when he was done, we we're just like that. That was just crazy. That was awesome. That was awesome. Well, uh, Kelly says, Bishop Hammond, would you prophesy over our oldest daughter, Jennifer? And he's, you know, working on the root, uh, root beer float. He goes, um, yeah. Uh, he sits down. He goes, okay, get ready to record. And so start recording. And let me say this for all of our international audience. It was a root beer float. One time I asked a friend of mine from Africa who was staying with me uh, in my home. I say, hey, would you like a root beer? He goes, oh, no, I don't drink alcohol. I was like, no, brother, it's root beer. It's like a Coke or Dr. Pepper. It doesn't have any alcohol in it. The word root beer, like terrified him. But uh, that's just a normal soda drink that we drink here. It has no alcohol in it. it tastes like a Mr. Pibb or kind of like a Dr. Pepper. It's just a, it's just a soda, like a Coke. Uh, but that's what he was using for his... Uh, as we would say, root beer float. Okay. So Kelly says, would you prophesy over our youngest daughter? He goes, okay. Uh, how old is she? Okay, good. All right. So he starts prophesying over her and just the most remarkable prophetic detail in depth, all about the children, all about all kinds of stuff that he has no knowledge of just reveals all of it. Phenomenal word. And that now, now he's real tired because now, you know, we've been already been talking now. It's almost like 11 o'clock at night. Actually, it may have even been closer to midnight because everybody else, you know, around the table, they wanted to ask him questions too. <laughs> and we said, "Hey, uh, would you would you prophesy over our youngest daughter?" So he asked uh, for her name, Abigail. Asked for age, and just boom, goes into a prophecy over her that was just crazy, just almost like as if you had secret information, which he does from God. It's flowing through him by the Spirit of prophecy, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Just amazing. But see, he could stir that up. Anytime, anywhere. I remember I was around Prophet Chuck Flynn a couple of years back before he went to heaven. And he was always the key prophet that they brought into Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International when they had their international uh, global annual meeting. And so he would be the head prophet. He would teach classes and he would prophesy over people. And I caught him one time coming out of the main service. He had just ministered and he was going to the room where all of these people were waiting for him to uh, prophesy. Uh, he was going to prophesy over all of them. And I said, um, I said, prophet Chuck, I said, I've got a, I said, you know, the meetings, as you know, if you ever went to a full gospel business meeting, they always ran overtime. You know, they would not just run overtime by 20 minutes. They'd start like an hour late. Then they would go an hour late. And by the time they're over, you know, the whole schedule for, you know, it's just totally shot. So by the time he got out and he's walking, I saw him, I said, prophet Chuck, I was going to go to your session, but I've got to go to work. I said, you know, that we're, the meetings ran two hours over. And uh, I said, but me and Kelly are here. Would you, would you prophesy over us? He said, well, sure. 
He said, you got a recorder, tape recorder? I said, yeah. And uh, I said, do you, do you need a few minutes to get ready? He goes, no, I'm always ready. And I, I remember that really stood out to me. That was tw over 20 years ago. Because he said, I'm always ready. I, I can prophesy anywhere, any place, any time. I said, okay. And so I hold up the tape recorder so he, you know, I can record what he's saying. And he just, he says, are you ready? I said, yeah. He says, thus says the Lord. And just, whoom, just start shooting out this prophecy that was just tailor-made. And everything that me and Kelly are doing today are things that he prophesied that we would be stepping into and doing. And this was like 23, you know, 22 years ago. He was very, very accurate. Praise God. So here's what I'm trying to say. The body of Christ, particularly the spirit field, what maybe you would call, you know, you know, those that believe in type miracles and things like that. We have already realized that you can stir up the prophetic gift and prophecy. While it is a manifestation of the spirit, the spirit would like to manifest so that that anointing can be stirred up. So I want you to know that the gift of faith, while it is a manifestation of the spirit, it can, it can to a degree, not always, but it can, to a large degree, still be stirred up. And I believe that we can move into a place where we come expecting miracles, and we get into the, that anointing, and the next thing you know, miracles are beginning to happen. Praise the Lord. And God's going to do miracle breakthroughs. I'm talking about breakthroughs for you that when people hear about what God has done for you, it's going to cause them to pause and really consider that God today is still a miracle working God. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. And you're going to be like Sarah. You're going to find yourself laughing because it actually happened. Woo, praise the Lord. So my friends, I want you to understand these different types of faith, general faith, the most important because that's what gets you into salvation and gets you right with God. But then after that, we have specific faith so that you don't just live the rest of your life just on cruise control, just waiting to go to heaven, but you're not using your faith anymore and your faith muscles, they're not strong. You want to be using them, but you want to use them specifically on a specific project with a specific purpose to see that project accomplished. And then we also have the gift of faith, which is a supernatural manifestation of the spirit. And it can ride on your life on special projects. And there are the times it manifests real, real strong with tremendous power, mm, tremendous power. And you'll do things that you wouldn't normally do. And that's actually how one time I bought a miracle piece of property that was on the golf course and it was it was a hidden gym most of the properties that had already been developed but this was a property that the owner the landowner he had never cleared it but i knew that if it were cleared it would be a phenomenal piece of property and it's actually where me and kelly were planning on building our dream home but i didn't have the money for it I didn't have the money for it, but such faith came on me that I called the realtor and the realtor that was uh, working for the seller. And I said, um, I know that you have an asking price of this amount. And would the, would the owner be willing to accept an option of how I could purchase that property. And I began to talk with the realtor and the realtor said, you know, I don't know if he'll be open to that. I said, ask him if he would. And uh, the realtor called me back about 30 minutes later and said, Stephen, well, this is quite interesting. The owner said he would agree to your terms. I said, that doesn't surprise me. I said, let's draw, draw it up on paper and let's get it ready and uh, let's get it done. And I actually bought that property through the gift of faith that came on me to do something crazy like that. Wow. And once we got the property cleared and people saw it, oh, people are like, oh, we didn't know that was sitting right beneath our noses, this phenomenal piece of land that's, I mean, it, it was just amazing. It was beautiful. Well, somebody came along and wanted to buy it from us, and we actually sold it. And uh, the Lord really... It was a setup from the Lord. The whole thing was a setup. And we were actually able to do ministry things with the money that was released. Well, Pastor Stephen, though, you lost your dream, your dream home. Uh, God gave us something better. Praise the Lord. And 
we are so happy and so thankful for what he has done in our lives. Praise the Lord. God is good. But this special faith can hit you. Woo! Hallelujah. And maybe you would never make a phone call or go talk. But when that, when that anointing hits you, you're not afraid to, to do anything, really. It's, it's amazing. That's why you can move in the gifts of healing. You start praying over people in that anointing. They get healed. That's why if there's a miracle that's needed, you pray for them with the faith of God. This is not your faith. This is God's faith on you. Then a miracle happens. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, let the gift of faith become a gift that begins to really manifest strongly in the lives of your people strongly not this once in a blue moon not this once in a very rare moment but father let us begin to press into it and exercise it and we thank you that you're going to use it to expedite the dream manifestation of your people father we're going to do all we can we're going to be in the word working your word confessing your word Holding on to it. But Father, we thank you that your faith is going to come on us. And, our, and, and then we're operating in that special faith. Woo! And we thank you, Father. It's going to happen. The miracle is going to happen. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that with your power, we can get this done a whole lot faster. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father. Let special faith touch your people. Let them know this anointing. Let them know this anointing, lift your hands. This is very sacred. Father, let them know this anointing, this manifestation of your spirit of special faith. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Woo, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, if you're watching today and you're thinking, Pastor Stephen, I enjoyed the message, but honestly, I haven't even made it the first base yet. I've never used general faith for salvation. Oh, my friends, you can do that today. If you do not know the Lord is your Savior, but you would like to get your life right with God, don't delay or wait another moment. Stop right now and pray this prayer out loud after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash my sins away. Forgive me of all of my sins. Jesus, I give my life to you. Write my name in your book of life. Jesus, I belong to you, and I will serve you and live for you all the days of my life. Jesus, thank you for saving me. I praise you. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Woo! Praise the Lord forevermore. Praise the Lord. You now belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't ever doubt it. Praise God. Let's take Holy Communion together today. A mystery. A miracle. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the bread. Thank you for the juice. We pray over it. We consecrate it. And we set this apart as holy. Father, we look at it with our eyes. Still looks like a little wafer or a little piece of, of unleavened bread or a cracker. Still looks like grape juice. But Father, we thank you for the gift of faith. We thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. And we don't have to understand it. We don't have to be able to perhaps explain it, the, the deep theological truth of it. But we understand the words that Jesus said that when we eat this, this is his flesh. And when we drink this, this is his blood. And we thank you, O oh God, for it. Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, his flesh, we thank you for special faith, supernatural faith, your faith coming all over us to do what needs to be done in that moment. We give you praise. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's receive the body of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for right standing with you, O God, through the blood of Jesus. Good, clean conscience with you and with others.
because the blood of Jesus washes all of our sins away. Father, we hold to your word. You said our sins and our iniquities you will remember no more. Well, Father, since you have forgotten them, we choose to do the same thing. We forget them also, and we move on looking to you, praising you for your goodness. Thank you, O God. We receive the blood of Jesus with great thanksgiving. Thank you, O God. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. All it takes is for one manifestation of the Spirit, and the next thing you know, that thing that you have believing God for, steadfastly for, praying for, sowing into, crying out to God for, the next thing you know, you're there. Woo! Praise the Lord. Be expecting the gift of special faith to operate in your life. Praise God. Amen. God's going to do it. Father, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And my friends, I thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Till then. Stay richly blessed. Bye-bye.